0: You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. Each of us has a different explanation as to why we suffer. Discover God's perspective on suffering in our series, Why Me. Listen to this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. We are going through this series, Why Me. It's a journey, a short journey on the book of Job. And, um, you know, we started last week by talking about the reality of suffering and. I believe that all of us, without any exception, have gone through some suffering, trials, challenges, and pain in our life. Is that a reality? Is that true? Yes. Would you say yes? That you have gone through something in your life, a challenge, maybe a health problem, financial, relation, or whatever. Okay? And suffering is common for all of us. But sometimes you ask, Lord, why do you allow suffering to happen, especially to us who are righteous Christians or believers? Have you ever... Question God, you know, Lord, I'm serving you. I'm faithful to you. I'm always here at the 7 o'clock. Sometimes I'm late, you know. But yet, I am faithful. I want to serve you. I want to obey you. But why do you allow these things to happen in my life? So these are some of the things, maybe that we're going through, some questions in our mind that we're battling. Maybe you have friends who don't want to come to church because they have been, maybe, you know, questioning why God who's claiming that he is a good God I would allow these things to happen in their life. And I'm not here to answer all the questions, but we're here to just to glean from the Word of God. In fact, when you look at the book of Job, Job is really the default book whenever you go through pain and suffering, isn't it? Because if you read the book of Job and you're going through suffering, you get encouraged. Kasi mas ni job kasi natin. How many of you have gone through the same situation like Job? Yung lahat You lost everything, you lost your sons and your daughters, you lost your job. Anybody like Job? I think he is kind of like the example in the Bible that serves as, you know, uh, an example in the past for us to learn and glean from. In fact, when you talk about suffering, Suffering is um, you know quite painful it's not something that you talk about regularly for, for example if you go to a party or maybe a high school reunion you know you don't just talk about oh how many times did you suffer this uh, year okay you know we, we don't really just you know we don't really open up that way right or you know oh buti pa ako 70 times na you know we we don't we don't talk about that thing so much but yet it becomes a reality in our life whenever we face it Suffering is not just something that is found in the Bible or in books or in newspapers. It's something that's personal, something that you and I experience, maybe not on a daily basis, but quite regularly in our life. And so we try to understand, Lord, what is your purpose every time we come and experience these painful situations in our life? And how many of you know and believe and trust that God is a good God? He is a good guy. I think we don't have to question that. In fact, if you look at the book of Job, his question is not whether God exists or not. His main question is, God, are you still in control over my life? He believes that there is a God. Remember last week we talked about Job 1 in uh, verse 1, that he was a man who's upright. He was a man of uh, blameless. He was a one who fears God and he shuns evil. So he believes in the existence of God. But his basic question is, Lord, why is Of course, his first response is, Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will depart. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And yet, he had three friends who initially would like to encourage. But in, 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 you know, in the end, they actually discouraged him and condemned him. And we're going to look at those three friends this evening and how they have a different view on what suffering is all about. So I'd like to invite everyone to stand we're gonna be reading from Job chapter thirty-one. This is the account of Job. It's a short, you know, a short response to his three friends, basically asking, you know, can I ask straight from the Almighty God the answer to my situations? Okay, so in verse thirty five it says, Oh, that I had one to hear me. Here is my signature, let the Almighty Answer me. Because his three friends have given their opinions. Now he's asking the Lord about what he thinks his situation is all about. Oh, that I had the indictment written by my adversary. Surely, everybody say surely. I love the word surely. Anyway. Surely, I would carry it on my shoulder. I would bind it on me as a crown. I would give him an account. Of all my steps, like a prince, I would approach him. And we jump to the conclusion of uh, verse 40. The words of Job are ended. Nothing more to say. And he wanted to just listen from the Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time tonight. Lord, this opportunity for us to know and to learn about you. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you as our teacher and our guide. Lord, speak to us tonight and give us a spirit of encouragement a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know who you are even in the midst of the sufferings that we face in our life. We thank you, Lord God, and we honor you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may all be seated. Why me? Sometimes that is the response that we have. Especially if you know, you're beaten left and right. Lord, why me? Na naman, di ba? You know, why not this person or why not that person? You know, it's, it's interesting to note as we've studied last week that Job is the first book written. It gives us a lot of revelation. It talks about, you know, uh, creation in itself. And, you know, the response of God in the final chapters of the book of Job gives us the wisdom on how God is definitely a creator and the one who is in charge over the affairs of man. But if you, would, if you would ask yourself, you know, why do we suffer? You know, why do, you know, bad things happen even to us who are considered good or righteous before the Lord? And we're going to unpack this a little bit more so that we can have a proper understanding and approach whenever we would face some difficulties. There's this pastor and author by the name of Tulian Chivadian who said, suffering... Is lived out or the lived out reality of broken people living in a broken world with other broken people. That's the reason why we're suffering. Look at the person beside you. Mukabam broken. Enzo. Meaning to say that as a broken person, we're not perfect. Right. We don't have it all together. But when when God created the earth. In Genesis chapter 1, how many of you know that it was a perfect creation? God said after every single day, it was good. At the final day, when he saw man, after his creation, it was very good. But yet we move to Genesis chapter 3, and Adam and Eve sinned before the Lord, and in came sin in the world. Sin brought chaos once again in the world. This is just my theory. There was no mosquito and cockroach in the garden. Just a theory. How many of you love mosquitoes? (laughs) Lan di ba? But somehow, when sin came in, all these things happened in the world. You know, all this global warming. Tsunami, earthquakes, you know, this pest, so to speak. It's not because of God creating extra, but it's because of the fall of man in creation. Suffering is the lived out reality. It's real for us by broken people living in a broken world with other broken people. And the thing is, since we're all broken, the tendency is to hurt one another, isn't it? We may not actually be conscious about that, but, you know, or, you know, doing it deliberately, but somehow because we are broken, we tend to hurt other people. And so these are some of the reasons why people suffer. Number one is because of sin. Everybody say sin. Sin brings death. The wages of sin is what? Is death. And sin brings a consequence. Sin will produce suffering, there's a consequence of sin. You know, I don't have to tell you that if a person constantly engages in, you know, uh, adultery or, you know, uh, unfaithfulness with his wife, moving from one woman to the next, maybe the consequence is sickness or HIV or AIDS. It's a consequence of sin, isn't it? So sin will bring its effect. We live in a broken world. We're affected. We make mistakes. And so part of it is This thing called sin, sin by our own sin, and maybe the sin of others affecting us as well. Second thing is, excuse me for the term, but stupidity. Suffering may be caused by consequences of maybe wrong decisions or choices in our life. We know what to do, but yet we don't do it, don't we? We know that if you're always if you always love sale and if you max out your card, you're gonna have financial problems. Hello. Maybe some of you are wondering why do I have a high blood pressure? Maybe because breakfast pa lang, lunchong kawali ka na, <laughs> sisig for snack, crispy pata for lunch, lechon for dinner. You know, sometimes we do this to ourselves. Look at the person beside you. Mo sa kanya, hindi ikaw yon. <laughs> Yung mo sa kabila yon, yon. Maybe that's the reason why we suffer, don't we? You know, it's, it's a consequence of wrong choices, wrong decisions. But, you know, the third thing, the reason why we're suffering is maybe because of the sovereignty of God. That is an overarching re- reason why Job, suffered he suffered not because of his sin although he cannot claim that he is a sinless man there's only one who can claim he's sinless and his name is jesus right we know that at the end of the next week we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about that though job in job chapter 1 verse 1 was said to be a blameless man he still had to repent in his heart because of his wrong view of god that's next week But today, we're going to talk about how do we deal with suffering. And so there are three things that people somehow deal with suffering differently, different ways on how people, whether people of the world or even Christians, would deal with suffering. First thing that we do is we try to moralize suffering. Everybody say moralize. We try to moralize it. We think that it's just a category of good and bad. And what this approach is saying is you deserve what you get. Good things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. Theologians call this retribution theology. you It's like a modern day karma. You, what you reap is what you sow. And how many of you know that is biblical? Yes, there's a biblical statement. There's a you know, scripture in Galatians. What you sow is what you reap. Do not be mocked. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Remember, if you sow in the spirit, you will reap eternal life. If you sow in the, you know, in, in the wickedness, in the flesh, you will reap destruction. Yes, that is a biblical truth. But yet some people approach it and give a summary statement that if you are suffering, you are probably doing something bad or you are wicked. Retribution theology states, God blesses the righteous and God judges the wicked. And how many righteous people do we have in this place? Once again. Through the blood of Jesus. Come on. Through the, blood. Through the blood. You can be humble by raising your hand. It's not because of you. I know that. And if we're righteous because of the blood, how many of you expect to be blessed? Of course. That's part of the promise that we have and the covenant that we have with Christ. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in Christ. Amen. Every promise is yes and amen in Christ. How many of you are claiming for a promise from the Lord? Promise of prosperity, promise of promotion, promise of healing. For the single, promise of mm, marriage. Okay, Is there such a promise of marriage? But yet when we see bad things happening to people, what is our response? Ah, baka ginagawa yan. Yeah, talaga. Feeling ko may secret yan. Isn't it? That is the view of the three friends of Job. They have a rigid view of God. And they think that God only blesses good people and He judges the wicked. On one hand, it is true. But how many of you have actually seen bad people that are blessed? How many of you wish that the blessing is yours and not theirs? They don't deserve it, right? anyway, so that's how some people think. Lord, why are you blessing these guys? I mean, they're bad people. I am a righteous person. I go to your church 7 p.m. I'm always here. I'm very faithful. And if I have extra time, I would go to the 9 11 1, 3, 5. and serve in all the ministries and give my tithes and offerings and run in real, you know, in the race for life and give to the poor and do this and do that. But how come your blessing is not flowing in me, through me, in my family, etc., etc., etc. Because they have a limited view. Sometimes we view God from a standpoint of, Lord, if I do this, this is the reward. If I fail you, this is the punishment. You know, we treat God like a machine. We put God in a box if we do that. We take out His sovereign hand over us. In fact, the three friends of Job has, or had this mindset you know, the first friend of Job, his name was Eliphaz. Everybody say Eliphaz. Eliphaz was the oldest friend, but the kindest uh, of the three. But yet, he had a, you know, a different view of God. He's got a rigid view of God. And for him, God is an inflexible lawgiver. What he's saying to Job is, Job, you deserve what you get. The reason why you're, being, you know, you're, you're experiencing these troubles in your life and you're suffering is because you did something in the past and you're reaping what you've sown. You deserve what you get. How many of you have friends like that? Don't even raise your hands. <laughs> Bildad, on the other hand, this is the second friend, his idea of God is God is a stiff God. And a heartless God. That somehow God is a strict judge. That God will judge sin as it is. And punish sin. And He will bless you, yes, if you obey God. In fact, He went on and say to Job, The reason why your children died is because they sinned before the Lord. How many of you would appreciate a friend like that? You're in the wake of your children who just passed away. And this friend of yours come comes to you and said, you know, the reason why this children of your died, your source died, is because they sinned before the Lord. Siguro, you know, what you will tell him is, I'm going to order another casket for you in this place. You know, and, and sometimes we, we can be limited in our point of view of who God is. His third friend, so far, Everybody say Zophar. So far, so good. Okay? His view of God is God is merciful. How many of you know that is a good view? God is merciful. God is merciful. You know, God is merciful to you, Job. In fact, you deserve more suffering than what you're experiencing right now. Hey, hello? I mean, I lost all my sons, my seven sons, three daughters, lost everything. And he left a wife that tells me, curse God and die. Basically, what this moralistic view of suffering says is that every form of suffering is God's way of disciplining me for my ungodliness. We try to put a finger and a reason over everything that we're going through in our life. And how many of you know that sometimes it's just so difficult? You know, people go through situations in life Maybe not because of sin. Maybe not because of wrong things or maybe a mistake or stupid decision. But maybe simply because of the sovereignty of God. God allowed it to happen. And who who are we to blame? Second approach. Or let me just uh, give you an example. You know, when the disciples were asking the Lord Jesus one time about this blind person who was born blind, the disciples were asking, So, Master, whose sin was this? Is it the sin of the parents? Or is it this person's sin that caused his blindness? So that's what they were asking. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents causing him to be born blind? Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. You know, there are people like that if things go wrong, they always look, sino nagkamali? They put at, you know, their finger towards whether it's their neighbor or their wife or their husband or their mayor or the government or the president. lang lahat ito! Looking for someone to blame. In fact, Jesus said, there's no such cause effect here in this particular situation. That's not the point this man was born blind not because his parents nor himself sinned and he said look instead for what god can do in this situation another translation says it was not that this man sinned or his parents but that the wicked uh, that the works of god might be displayed in him you know maybe sometimes the reason why we go through Suffering is because God simply wants to reveal Himself to us in a special way. That when you suffer, it's an opportunity for a miracle of God to happen in our life. Amen. Amen. And we need to view it that way, that the sovereign God can do whatever He wants because He loves us and cares for us and is compassionate over us, but He does not want us to be destroyed in our duplicity with lack of faith. He wants us to always put our trust and our faith in Him. Amen. Second approach is some, some people tend to minimize or to minimize suffering. Minimizing our suffering means that we don't have any right to grieve over our seemingly mundane or trivial sufferings. Oh, wala naman to, eh. This is nothing. Okay lang, nahihirapan lang. Kunti lang to. You know, God actually has a lot of things or concerns. You know, there's so many people suffering in Africa right now because of the Ebola virus. A lot of people are in need in Takloban. You know, there's so many other people that God needs to heal and needs to help. Me, ako, konti lang naman to. Cancer lang. You know, I only have, you know, uh, renal failure. I only have high blood pressure. I have, you know, open heart surgery. You know, konti lang to. We minimize our suffering and some people think that maybe that suffering is good for us because it will transform us to become a better person. You know have you ever experienced maybe a counsel that you're going through suffering or pain and somebody would say it's fine. You're going to be better. Dito ka kaya. You know when we lost our son and we when uh, when we were in the wake. You know sometimes good-hearted people don't even know what to say. How many of you are sometimes lost with words? You know, you know, with the grief of others, and you don't know what to say. You know, it's okay. He's in a better place. Or it's okay. He's no longer sick right now. I mean that's true, but sometimes parang, you're You're minimizing the suffering or the pain of that person, it's okay. You know, God works for the good. You know, for, for, for the things of those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose. It's okay. kung nga kayo, situation, okay lang kaya Dito sa sitwasyon ko, ako. And Elihu, another friend, or another guy who came in towards the Later chapters, he was saying that God sent us suffering to be a better person. What this, this, what this means is we just need to help ourselves. It's a self help, help uh, self, self-help thing. You know, you can go to National Bookstore or Power Books or Fully Book and, you know, go through a section, na self help. How to be a millionaire in two weeks. Or how to, you know, free yourself from all the stress and worries of life. Or how to lose 20 pounds in 20 days, you know. Self-help. And when you go through some painful experience, you will become a better person. The problem with this approach is you focus so much on the transformation and you leave God out of the equation. You leave the relationship out and you focus on, I will be a better person. I will be good. I will be this. I will be that. That's the problem with minimizing. With the moralizing approach, the problem is, since God, you know, since the view is, since God will bless the righteous and good people and He punishes the wicked, then I ought to be good all the time. I need to be good. I need to be clean. I need to live a holy life. I need to give. Basically, good works. And... When you do that, you become your own savior. And you take God out of the equation. So in the two approaches, God is left out. So how do we view suffering then? How do we deal with suffering? There's another approach. The third approach is, we face it. But how do you face the problem if the problem is your face? Just kidding, We face it head on. We don't try to moralize it. We don't try to minimize it. We realize that it's a problem. It's a suffering. We acknowledge. We accept it. And it's bigger than us. When you acknowledge that that suffering is bigger than you, you know what? You need a bigger God that is in charge of your life. Who will take care of that suffering? Amen. Amen. That is the way to approach it. Can we just give the Lord a hand for that? And He is a faithful God. Accept that we're suffering. John 16.33, In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world, Jesus said. Realize that we cannot, by our own strength, carry the weight of this suffering. That's why Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Another promise is cast all our cares to Him. Because He cares for us. Yes, there's a suffering. We cannot deny there's a suffering. It is real. We're going through this suffering right now. We face it head on and we realize that we need God in this situation. Amen? We need a Savior. The thing is, God did not really promise to rescue us from our suffering what He promised that He will be with us through our sufferings. Remember the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, and Abednego, when they were thrown by King Nebuchadnezzar in the fiery furnace? They were thrown in a heated furnace, and yet when they were thrown there, only the three of them, the king saw not three but four. And the Son of Man was with them in the fire. He did not take the fire away, He was with them in the fire. Are we seeing that picture? And when they came out of the fire, they did not even smell like smoke because God protected them in the midst of the fire. That's why when you go through the fire, when you go through the fire, the presence of God will be there with you. And what He promised is that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? And that's the promise of God. In the midst of our pain, we will never realize who God is unless we go through these situations in our life. James 1.12, When I read this last week, says, Anyone, I will say anyone, Anyone who meets a testing challenge head-on and manages to stick it out is mighty, fortunate, or blessed. For such persons loyally in love with God, the reward is what? Life and more life. In fact, even in the book of Job, the very last chapter of Job, chapter 42, he made this declaration in verse 5, My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. you know what that means? You know, it used to be that in the life of Job, he's heard about the faithfulness of God. Maybe through his friends. He's heard about that God can provide. He's heard about, you know, second-hand report about God. But because of this suffering that he had gone through, he not only heard about God, he has seen who God is in his life. And I believe that every suffering that we go through is a revelation coming from God. We don't need in our suffering, we don't need to find the answer or the reason for our suffering. What we need is a revelation of God in our suffering. And I believe that in the midst of the fire, He would reveal Himself to us more and more. Abraham, when he was tested by God, when God called him to go to Mount Moriah and bring along his son, his only son, the son that he loved, Isaac, to sacrifice him It was a painful journey for Abraham because every step that he made, every breath that he took, he knew God is watching him. And it was a painful journey towards the top of the mountain because he knew that every step that he takes is a step closer to the death of his son. But yet on on the mountaintop, finally on the altar, God said to Abraham, stop, don't kill your son. Because I have provided a ram for you. And instead of him sacrificing his son Isaac, he sacrificed this ram. And on the mountain of the Lord, the Bible says, God provided for him. And that's where Abraham knew God as Jehovah Jireh, the one who will provide. Amen. Come on. In the midst of suffering. In the midst of pain. God reveals himself to us in a mighty mighty way. James chapter 5 verse 11 says, "Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, his perseverance, his endurance, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord. And what was the purpose of the Lord in that situation? How the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Wow. In the situation, in the story of Job, the purpose of God was to reveal His compassion and His mercy. Amen. We may not understand, but how can that be compassionate, God? How can that be merciful? He was still alive, isn't He? At the end of His day, God restored twice to Job. We're going to talk about that next week. But I believe that the reality for all of us in the 21st century is you and I are just so blessed. The gospel, which means the good news, is not just about the blessings that we will receive every day from God. It really talks about our eternal destination that we are no longer sinners and we're no longer going to hell and we're forever going to be with Him in heaven. Amen. That is the good news and that is the blessing. Everything on top of that is the grace of God. It's icing on the cake. If He gives you a promotion tomorrow, praise God. We'll rejoice with you. That is the blessing of God. It's an icing on the cake. We're not entitled before the Lord. God will bless those whom He wants to bless. And the good thing is, He wants to bless all of us, His children. But the fact remains when we woke up this morning, and took the first breath in our lungs. That is a gift from God. Amen. Some people did not wake up and were here. We're alive, enjoying God. How do you see God in your situation? You all know the story that we've had in our family. This is my son, Jerome. I think he looks like me. But before he died, you know, we spent a lot of time with him. He got sick 11 years ago at the age of 8 with TB meningitis, two months in the Asian hospital. On the last day that we were really fighting for his life, we prayed, we fasted with the church. And yet, instead of him getting better, he got worse, and ultimately he died. I was asking the Lord, Lord, I was confessing, Lord, you're Jehovah Rapha. You're my healer. You're the healer of my son. Reveal yourself to us as Jehovah Rapha, our healer. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. He died. He ended his life. No, he had ended his life, but his life was ended like that. And yet, when we were burying our son, Shirley and I basically made a decision that we're not going to give up on what God started. Of course, during that period was a period of emotions and you know, pain in my heart and somehow questioning before the Lord. But yet, what I found out when we were burying our son, I still believe that God is Jehovah Rapha, the one who can heal. But yet, what revelation that God gave us during that time is that God is Jehovah Shalom. He is the Prince of Peace. That Despite the fact that we are going through this painful experience, Jesus stepped in by our side, held our hands, and said, I'll never give up on you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will turn your mourning into joy. And true enough, God is faithful to his word. A year after another daughter was born in our family, her name is Anna. The next year, God gave us another child and her name is Andrea. These two children are not meant to replace my son, Jerome. But I believe that the joy brought about by these two children were able to erase the grief that we've experienced through the painful walk in our child's life. That's why when you talk about Jehovah Shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. The Prince of Peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It cannot be explained. You have that peace, and yet these things are happening to us. You know, another situation, you know, another person that I want to highlight before we come to an end, we're about to close right now. Annie Johnson Flint, who's a Christian writer. You know, when she was a young girl, she was orphaned, and the Flint family took her in. However, she had a debilitating disease. It's arthritis at an early age, and she was crippled. Later on, she lost all control of her internal organs, and she had to live in diapers because she could not control her bowel movement. She would just go anytime. And not only that, she became blind later on in life. And not only that, she eventually had cancer. If you were Annie, what will you do? This is what she wrote. He giveth more grace when the burdens go greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. Sorry, King James, by Bible. Niya, no? He added affliction. He added His mercy. To multiply trials is to multiply His peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed and the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving has only begun. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary, no unto man. But out of his infinite riches in Christ Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. That's the God that we serve. The God Almighty in the midst of her suffering and pain. She had a revelation of who God is in her life. I believe it's because of what Jesus Christ did for us. This is my final scripture. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 to 23, it says, For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. You know, when we suffer, it's not just because God wanted to punish us. Our Savior, our King, suffered himself for us. It was an undeserved suffering that Jesus had to go through. Yet he did it for you and I. And the example of his suffering, The killing of an innocent lamb is a mighty example for us to be inspired that when we go through life in pain and in suffering, we always go and look at the lamb who was slain on the cross, who gave his life, and merciless killers tortured him, murdered him, but he gave his life so that you and I can live and will not suffer anymore in eternity. Yet he committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to one who judges justly, who is God himself. And we have a righteous judge in heaven. He knows our pains. He knows our situations. He knows our sorrows. He knows what we are made of. He knows our limits. The good thing is He's not just a judge. He is the mighty God. He is one who is able to move mountains on our behalf. He's one who's able to you know, open the Red Sea so that his people can pass. He's one that can open the heavens and manna can be provided to a lost and hungry people in the desert and in the wilderness. He's a mighty God who actually can open his hands and out of his hands can flow a lot of blessings. Yet when that thing does not really happen in our situation, we have an everlasting Father that will encourage us Comfort us, be with us, encourage us, lift us up, and walk with us. We have a wonderful counselor. In times of our confusion, when we're going through these painful sufferings, he's there to give us counsel. He's there to give us life. He's there to give us advice. He's there to point the way even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear any evil. His rod and His staff will comfort us. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And if you feel that you're at the end of your rope, when things are not happening according to your desire or to your prayers, He is the Prince of Peace. He'll give you peace an unexplainable peace that the world cannot understand and fathom, He will give it to us so that we will continue to move headstrong and hold on to Him and endure and persevere and be steadfast just like Job became steadfast in the midst of his painful sufferings. We hope you were inspired by that message. To listen to more podcasts, download the Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.